Oh, look at that sexy leg strut, baby. Coffee in hand. A little sip for the mic. Wow. Guys, welcome, 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 welcome to this episode of Banged Up with Bruce Oldham, where I interview other action sports athletes like myself, me and Patty, my co-host, have great chats on everything that's going on in the ski world and action sports world relative to the time and everything that's going on. We recap X Games and all that good stuff. Give you guys our personal, um, professional thoughts and experiences and stuff. And, you know, we over, overall, we just have a damn good time. And like I said, later down the line in this podcast, when it keeps growing and growing, you guys are in for some wild stories. We'll tell you down the line. It's going to be good. Anyways, this episode of the podcast is... It's a stunner. It's an absolute stunner. Aspen Spora came on the podcast. If you guys don't know who Aspen Spora is, he's an amazing, amazing dude. Way more down to earth and chill than I was expecting. Like, um, just, just an overall really, really good dude. He grew up really, really fast in the skiing industry. He was competing at, not competing, I guess, uh, at Audi Nine Nights when he was just a little gaffer at the age of like 10 or 11, doing like huge rodeos, backflips, insane stuff. The man is just a skiing, uh, skiing icon like from back in the day. Like I grew up watching this little kid who is still younger than me, absolutely destroyed it in the park. And uh, we talk about everything uh, that happened in those years, filming with Warren Miller and stuff like that, at the, at, like literally at the young ages of like 10 and stuff. And then we talk about what he's up to now and all the exciting stuff he's doing at this point in his life now that he's a little older and he's transitioned out of skiing. So it's very, very exciting podcast. And I know you guys are gonna love it. Quickly, before we get into the podcast, guys, I got something special for you. So. Listen up, listen up, listen up, listen up. With this podcast, right now it is the end of April. By the end of May, I will be doing a big giveaway throughout the podcast. So, so how do you enter this giveaway? And what's gonna be in the giveaway? And what is the giveaway about? As of right now, I'm talking to sponsors and I'm compiling things for the giveaway right now, but you guys can start entering and start participating in this giveaway as of this episode of the podcast. So all entries will be counted from here on till the end of May. So there'll be three or four podcast episodes from here on. So the next three or four podcast episodes will count towards this giveaway. As of right now, we have a bunch of merch from the ASC stuff. The sweaters, the one I'm wearing right now, hats, um, toques that we're all going to be piling in as well. I'm going to be giving away hopefully a pair of goggles and a pair of uh, hopefully a new pair of skis. If not, I'll be giving away a nice signed pair of skis that I've had from this year that will be in decent shape. They'll be rideable. They'll be very rideable. And um, I'm working on piling some other things together. And as the episodes of the podcast go on in the later weeks, I will tell you guys what else we've added to the pot for the giveaway. But in order to be a part of the giveaway, it's really simple, guys. All you got to do is go down to wherever you're listening to it on it, iTunes or Spotify, give it a rating and leave a review. That's literally it. Also subscribe. If you're already there, you might as well hit that button, subscribe. It helps me out. But Write a review and leave a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, uh, or Google, wherever you listen to it. If you're listening to it on YouTube and watching it on YouTube, just subscribe to the channel. But if you want to be entered in it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And let's say, let's make it fun because I, I, don't, I don't want just your basic reviews, guys. Like, leave something creative, leave a creative story or something like that. Uh, if you make me laugh, you might have a better chance, but I'm going to randomly pick one at the end of May, and you guys will get whatever we have put in the giveaway pot by that point. It could be like over $1,000 worth of stuff, and it could be like $500 worth of stuff, but it's gonna be a decent portion of stuff, and I'm gonna try to make it as big and as badass as possible. So with that being said, guys, enjoy this episode of the podcast. I'll catch you on the flip side, and uh, leave leave some comments in the YouTube channel for guests you wanna see on the podcast. Deuces. Welcome, creatures of all shapes and sizes, to Banged Up with Bruce Oldham, aka The Kid. This is an action sports podcast, the likes of which the world may never have seen before and may never see again. I hope you guys enjoy. Audio is live, about to FaceTime Aspen right meow, meow. Um, screen recording is starting three, two, one. There you go, Hayden. Now it's all lined up. Beautifully for you. Yo, what's Perfect. up? What's up, dude? Good. Good to see you, my man. How's it going? Flip your sideways. Yeah, hold on. You know I gotta it. go in my living room. This, is, this connection's not gonna work in my room. I know how it is, man. My house at home, worst Wi-Fi you'll ever have. It's dude, atrocious. It it's like, it works great one second. Gets my hopes up, and then, nope. <laughs> it's all good. We can do it wherever, man. Nice to, nice to talk to you, though. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, you too, man. Good to meet you. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool to have people like you on the podcast. 
I was uh, oh yeah, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It was cool. I had a couple people reach out and they're asking. They're like, "Yo, you should get him on the podcast." I'm like, "Dude, that would be a great idea." So it's perfect. I'm glad to hear that, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I've never been on a podcast before. I've just been listening to them my whole life, so. Oh, hey. Experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, you've been listening to podcasts? I have, man. Nice. I got into yeah. it in the summer, man, working landscaping, landscaping and stuff, and just, like, passes the time when you're there. It's road trips for me, man. Yeah, road trips do it. It's big road trips. Work as well for me. I used to be working in a restaurant, and uh, before I had the AirPods, I would wrap my cord up around my ear throughout my hair yeah my hair was so long and they couldn't see the cord so i just listened to like either some classic rock or some joe rogan all day so. nice dude joe rogan slaps man that, uh, that, yeah, dude. that's one of the podcasts that, that got me into it obviously i think most people that's what gets them into it and i was like yeah. shit man like i'm in skiing already and like maybe i'll start my own podcast and then started like last year i don't know it's cool it's fun. It's nice to get to meet new people, and uh, spon- sure. sponsors love it, and I have a good-ass time on here, so it's fun. Yeah, I don't doubt it, man. I'm sure everybody has a good time on it. Not everybody, but some people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I got to get this. I'm in a hotel right now, so everything's kind of like trying to set shit up, but it works. You're good, though. At least your Wi-Fi is working. Yeah, dude. You never know with these hotels, man. Sometimes the Wi-Fi is just absolutely busted, or sometimes it's perfect. And you had no problems whatsoever. Got lucky this time. Dude, I'm getting I'm getting little problems here all day, man. Now my Mac's just not charging. It's plugged in. That's nah, all good. Guess we'll move to the table. We're, we're going <laughs> all over the house today. That's all good, man. Yeah, my house, like, um, my mom's house, when I'm back home, uh, it takes, like, sometimes I'll send a Snapchat. It'll take, like, over a day to send. Like, I'll wake up the next morning, it's still, right. it still won't have sent. Yeah. Like, I can't do anything there. Like, if I do a podcast at her place... All through data, so. <laughs> Is that why you're doing it there? No, I, I'm just in. I'm in Calgary right now, and I'm from Ontario. I'm here to. Okay. I'm skiing for. Uh, well, I actually moved out to Whistler for the rest of the season for like the last two months to get spring skiing okay. in, and then hopefully work momentum and ski there all summer. And then it shut down. Everything shut down with COVID. Uh, really? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they shut down the hill completely. So then I went to Calgary because they had a hill open, and then I'm going to go to Banff in like a week. So I'm kind of just going wherever I can stay on snow, man, to be honest. it's For sure. I, I get that, man. I've been, uh, <laughs> I haven't been chasing it like I once was, unfortunately. But, yeah. And I miss spring skiing. Those are some of the, some some of the, the best ba- memories I got. Just yeah. T-shirt weather, baggy pants. <laughs> Dude, some of the best times, man. And I was really looking forward to it. But like, the other day I got a day was like plus ten and I was like it was pretty insane. I mean everything was pretty cut up, but it was it was nice. It was a lot of fun. So I guess oh, no doubt. where do you want to start the podcast, man? I mean we were kinda of talking about it, but let's uh let's catch up to where you, where what are you doing now? Like what's up? What have you been up to lately? Well, you? I mean right now, so I mean I guess we can sort of backtrack to Yeah, we will not eventually this past sure. season right here, but uh mm-hmm. the one before. Um I was going out to Park City. Um, I spent a couple months out there skiing. Yeah. Uh, and that was sort of the first time I really got to ski for more than a week after I broke my leg back in, what was that, January of 2017. So 2017 you broke your leg, and, like, how bad was that? Because, like, some so people, it was, some people break really things. I really lucky. Yeah. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people on the podcast that, you know, tore ligaments and mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm so fortunate not to have done any of that um or any like long-term damage it was really just snapping my tibia um that's still brutal man that's still that's not something that's fun to do i mean i can't say i've done it knock on wood but i've heard from other people that that's one of the like definitely one of the shittier ones it is yeah the, the the problem was you know once i got the surgery and they put the plate in i was thinking okay you know a couple months go by get back on skis and so I tried that but that that plate in my shin just hit my boot like any tiny little bump that I would hit I I was skiing on one ski yeah uh, pretty much the entire week uh my first week back maybe I don't know six months or something after yeah I broke it but um so yeah I uh ended up 
going out to Utah for a couple of months then, and I was having I was having so much fun out there, man. It was it was just perfect getting to ski pretty much every day, just working and skiing. Yeah. Um, and then of course, <laughs> like COVID affected you. Yeah. Um, it affected me, and I pretty much went out to Utah to work and ski, and then the mountain shut down out of nowhere too because. I mean, obviously, no one expected it to yeah. be this huge. Uh, I was just at work. It was like 4.30. We had like two tables, super slow. And then I read online that the mountain closed. I'm like, no way. Dude, like, that's, yeah, that's literally, that that's what happened to me, bro. Okay, so I drove down from Ontario to BC, which is like 40-plus hours, three hours from getting to Whistler. And uh, they announced it on the news. They're like, yeah, it's shutting down. Not Nothing oh leading up to God. it. It was like, fuck. But anyways, yeah, back to your story. Like that, where are you from? First of all, because you you moved to Utah. I'm here in Michigan. Actually. Michigan. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up here uh, from like zero to eight, pretty much, and then I went out to Tahoe and just had a blast out there and started skiing more and more yeah. and more. But this has always sort of been like a home base. Um, after we moved from Tahoe, when I was, I want to say I was twelve, um, and we were going to go out to Breckenridge, um, we would sort of stay the winter in Breckenridge and ski and have fun there, but then we would just come back here in the summer yep. uh, and just sort of be with family. And it made it easier, um, which was good. But So this has sort of always been the home base. So once Corona hit and weeks went by of hiking the rails at Park City with no lifts and yeah. finally took the rails out and snow started leaving and I figured, you know, I don't know what's going to be up with this pandemic. Of course, you know, it wasn't predictable at all. Yeah. Still might not be, you know. Um, I figured come back to Michigan and work and do what I got to do. But then, you know, the restaurants are closed and it's, uh, it's been a little slow motion. But I, uh, I started trying to get my pilot's license back in October, which has been... I Thank like you. it. I like it. No, no applause at all whatsoever. It's a good, good strategy. That, that's something. That check ride, but yeah, I think that's something but, everybody needs to have is their pilot's license. I think that's yeah. that's the that's it. I want to. That's on my list of things to do very soon. So for sure, dude. That's super but, um, sick. I just for me with skiing, man. It's like I always had the most fun skiing with my friends. Yep. You know in the park all around the mountain did jumps and rails all day yeah um we could go decent backcountry do whatever and have just as just as much fun because it was just like shredding with friends you know but yeah um as time went on like i said i realized it's the most fun i have is just skiing with my friends so if i can focus on sort of some long-term stuff now figure that out and then you know skiing is always going to be there for me to go do yeah, and I go ski. Have just as much fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, dude, that's perfect. I just wish I could do it more. I'm here in Michigan, you know? It snowed, like, probably less than 15 times this year. Yeah, yeah. That's not not ideal. <laughs> but, no, definitely not. Dude, that's sick. So do you still have a metal plate in your shin? No, I right. actually, uh, I got that removed after, um, after I realized it was so uncomfortable to ski. So I was like... I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to hit a rail. <laughs> yeah, but you were supposed to have... You are supposed to keep that in, or...? Yeah, originally I was just going to be able to keep it in, and I think for any normal person doing normal activity, they could. Yeah. Um, like, it didn't bother me running or walking or anything, uh, or even jumping down stuff, but as soon as it was just that compression against the front of the boot, it was a no-go. And yeah. Yeah. I got I got pretty lucky, or maybe lucky is not the right word, but I remember when I initially got the surgery, uh, getting the plate put in, the doctor was saying something about taking it out, taking around the same recovery time, and I was like, damn, you know, I had that in the back of my mind for so long, even when I was skiing with it in, going, dude, I don't want to spend another however many months you know, waiting to ski again, but it <laughs> yeah, ended exactly. up really just being like three or four weeks and I was running on it again. Ah, it's perfect. Now it's really back to normal, which is, I'm stoked on. Dude, it's actually crazy to think like what, like they can do like nowadays with like science and health. Like you just snap something and like within a couple months you're, hey, like my my arm's perfectly fine again. It's like, ah, it's like actually kind of ridiculous. Like, 
some things like dude we we humans got it all figured out man well most of it, but... <laughs> we got a lot of it figured out, dude, and, like, as it keeps going, man, more and more shit just keeps getting figured out and figured out. It's at the point it's where crazy. It's, it's getting bad, dude. Um, I, have you ever watched that, what is it called on Netflix, Social Dilemma? They got where... Uh, it's, like, the documentary about, like, how uh, social media and technology and stuff are, like, wired to, like, keep you, like, on screen as long as possible and stuff like that, and how it's, oh, like... for sure. Yeah. Dude, I was like, I watched it, and then I was like, holy fuck, I spent so much time on my phone. <laughs> That's why I like sports like skiing and, like, fighting and things like that so much is because, like, when I'm doing things like that, you have to be, like, like, if you're skiing, like, you know, like, if you're skiing at the level that, that like, people like us ski at, like, you have to be, like, in the present moment, like, pretty much fully. And totally. that that's what I like about doing sports so much is because it just like it's like a complete break from everything else that's going on because if you're oh, not yeah, if you're not there yeah you're it's not a focused. complete break mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's super surreal and the thing that's good is uh, I mean for me like I don't even only find that in skiing um, growing up I I guess I didn't really look around because I always found it in skiing um, and mm-hmm. I didn't really try to look elsewhere but. Just being here in the summer, I'm, you know, I started to skate a bit more, and it's like, it's just as fun ripping around some bowls as it is, well, I don't know, maybe it's fun, more fun to hit a kicker into some powder, but yeah, you know, it still immerses you in that focus and that flow state, you know? Yeah, it's the exact, it's the exact same thing, man. That's, like, that's, that's it for me. And I mean, I'm like, I love skiing with friends and stuff like that, but I'm also a very competitive person. I like to, I do like to compete. I like, I get like, I mean, I'm sure you, you felt it, but like when you land a comp run or you like perform at your best, like there's a sort of rush or feeling you get, which I like a lot. This year, obviously no contest and nothing like that. Um, in terms of like anything other than a couple world cups and, uh, X games. So that's kind of a bummer, but I had a lot, a lot of fun just this year, just focusing on just like learning new tricks skiing with friends and like for sure getting to spend more time on on the mountain and i gotta ski a bunch of different a bunch of different hills this year which is awesome but now it's like it's about so that time diverse and stuff too pardon it's so good to keep it diverse yeah and like every year it's been either one or the other and like now it's kind of just like all this way but it's yeah it's been nice to like ski a bunch of different mountains and like everything's kind of coming to a close now so it's like oh back to like i don't know because when you were when you were really skiing and like really like going full-time like competing and stuff it was like you're a little younger right so you probably weren't working in the summers like for me what i do is i work all summer save up hopefully enough money to make a comp season work and then ski and then repeat right start start at ground zero every year it's it's a brutal lifestyle but somebody's gotta do it yeah i don't doubt it but seriously like that's a that's hard work for your passion and that like it is man that really builds up to something for you you know what i mean yeah for sure and like it builds a lot of um it builds a lot of i mean i guess i would say i wouldn't say mental strength but it builds a lot of like it builds a lot of passion and dedication towards whether it's skiing in the future or something else like you know what it takes and it's the sad part is like a lot of the things that happens with a lot of a lot of skiers and athletes these days is like a contest scene to like even get a chance to compete in world cups is like you have to go through the noram circuit or the rev tour circuit which i'm sure you know and it costs like easily like 30 20 30 40 grand minimum especially for some of the people that remember hearing those numbers back when i was younger some of these i think that's why i sort of stuck with just doing like little local stuff but yeah. even the USA stuff they were just like money grabs dude That's- and it's all for points and like the only way you can get into world cups from Canada is if you win the Noram cup which you have all the people from Canada and all the people from the states competing and the level of the Noram cups now are like world cups in themselves like people are doing this year at uh, Aspen Open which is technically a Noram cup people are doing back to back triples and triple 18s and it's like both way dub 16s and it's like switched up 16s it's like okay and like only one person out of this group of like 80 people get if they win gets a shot to maybe to go competing in like world cups and then in the states they like give some of the other people a little like maybe like bring them out to one world cup here and there in canada it's yeah. pretty much like 
unless you win the Norm Cup or you're on the, the Canadian national team, you're not getting a spot this year, like that year, which is like, it's brutal. And like I, a lot of these kids, they spend like 40, 30 grand, like people like me, like 20 grand. Like I, I try to do it on a budget because I don't have that much money, but like uh, they, they spend like three, four years and then they get to the point where it's like, they just can't afford to keep ch- to keep doing it and keep chasing yeah. their dreams, which is like, it's sad to see. But well, and the crazy the thing is, is that those people that you're talking about at that specific skill level that they're at, if they were right there, uh, maybe a, a decade ago or even five years ago, Dude. The, the rate that skiing has progressed throughout the entire community in the past 20 years before I was even born, it's just exponentially grown. It's insane. Dude, it is it's it ridiculous. Is I remember growing up having my friend Max Kelly. He was talking about doing a kangaroo float, and I was like, "Dude, that's insane. That's absolutely nuts." Yeah, and like. It was just crazy thinking about, dude, Doug Flat Nine, what? That's crazy. And then, like, I remember seeing my first triple, and I was, like, completely blown out of the water. Like, how is that possible? And now it's, like, you see a trip 14 mute. I mean, I haven't done one, but, you know, you see a good amount of them now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and you're, like, you, you see it, and you're, like, oh, well, I guess that was all right. And it's like, wait, how are we at this point? I've seen so many of them, unless you're like grabbing blunt back here. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're all impressive, of course. Yeah, for sure. And, but the crazy thing is like, there's people in like these comps that are, there's people in like, in the Noram comps and stuff that people will have never heard of that have maybe like 800 followers or like something that, and they're out there, there's like, they're out there dropping triple corks and then you're like, oh, shit. And like, right. the, and the problem is a lot of these people might never get the chance to go fully chase it the way they want to or something. And oh, so it's like it's hard because like there's not there's no money in comp skiing really anymore no, unless no. you're at the very 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 top. And like even then, it's like there's still money in it, but compared to other sports, it's not the same. And that's like well, I feel like I'm maybe I'm a little out of my realm now, but I mean as far as I can remember, it was like either you were winning comps to pay bills really to get to the next comp or your I mean I can't remember movie parts being too huge no you're you're still you're still on par with that I think where it comes down to is like sponsors aren't dishing out as much money for comps nowadays as they are for things like what I'm doing here right like so this is part of the reason why I've started doing things like this like obviously I like doing it but having a big audience having a big um, a big base like through social media, YouTube, podcasting, and stuff like that. Right. It sponsors sponsors really like that, and they they're able to uh, they're able to justify like paying somebody like this a little more or doing things like this because like in the end of it, like like in the end, like people they want to sell their stuff, right? And you're not going right. to sell your stuff by having somebody on a, on take a picture on a World Cup stage and then post it and get like right. like a, like get like a thousand people see it and they're like, oh, cool, well, she's just on the stage there. Or, like, you go to these right. events. They like be even doing trips both ways, but it doesn't It's not selling it skis for them, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you have kids, like, that have YouTube fan bases and stuff and everybody's like, oh, I just want to ride what he rides. And, like, that's kind of where... I think a lot of action sports have gone a little bit is more in that direction. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, obviously still comps, it's, like, it's there. And, like, that's obviously, like, a goal of mine and, like, I think most of the kids growing up, like, how can it not be to compete in something like X Games or something like that? You grow up watching it and you're like, this is this is yeah. the goal, so. Um, well, I guess let's talk, let's get, let's dive back to the beginning, man, because me and you have two very, very different uh, paths in skiing. I didn't start park skiing until I was like 16, 17. How old are you now? Okay. I'm uh, 20 now. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm 22. So okay. I, I started a lot later than you, and you started a lot younger than me. So I want to hear your story of like growing up skiing, because you started skiing when you were like, like park skiing when you were like how old, like six or something? I actually, for, well, when I first started park skiing, uh, that had to have been... I'd say like six years old. Um, yep. So when I was two years old, that's when I was first on skis, and I have to attribute that to my parents for getting me on skis at a young mm-hmm. age, which uh, I'm extremely grateful for. Of course, I can't even remember being on it that young, but I'm glad I was. 
Um, but yeah, I grew up racing first before getting into park. Classic story. And I think that actually helped me yeah. because it sort of builds a foundation for you to build your park scene on. <laughs> I've been telling people, people that they the should park. do this for like a while, like as a youngster, like do a year, not, not even a year racing, like even go like once a week, like when you're getting into it. Because there's yeah. a lot of skiers that are good at park and they have good air awareness, but they don't know how to like ski ski. Right. Yeah, no, I've skied park with a, a handful of people, and I've been like, you know, you want to go take some laps around the mountain? They're like, uh, I guess. And we go, and it's like, I mean, obviously, I can ski fine. Yeah. But, um... There's a difference. It's like, it's... When you can build a foundation before you get into park, which it's easy to get right into park, if you discover skiing, and you realize it's one of your interests, and you realize park skiing is one of your interests, you're not going to go buy a G-suit. No. And go race gates right away before you go <laughs> ski park. <laughs> no, Luckily, no. I was sort of transitioned into that, and I raced first, and then, I don't know, I think <clears throat> my mom got uh, maybe tired of keeping up with my skis or something, taking them through the park, because I was messing up my edges on my race skis, on boxes and stuff. Yeah. Having too much fun there, and I realized, well, hey, I can sort of express myself in the park. I can't mm-hmm. really do it between the gates so. yeah and i never had that experience racing so i don't i don't fully know what it is like but um like i i kind of grew up like going on family ski trips and like stuff like that and whenever we were whenever we were skiing family ski trips i'd look for like every little bump or like something i could get air off of on the hill so like, I'd still I, do it today. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and it's some of the most fun i have on the hill man like it's awesome but, uh, yeah, that's crazy. And then, so, you get into park skiing, and you start park skiing, and then, how do you, when, like, I mean, I know you're super young, and it's got to be hard to remember this stuff, but, like, how do you remember things going? Because, like, you got good pretty quick, and then, like, got, like, uh, a lot of attention very quick, too. Mm-hmm. So, basically, how all that happened, I think I was, I was sort of there for a really specific time with the internet yeah um with youtube getting big um but really you know my mom has been filming everything i've done since i've been you know two i'm sure i've got a clip of me skiing dude i was two you know so for the podcast Uh, i went and looked at it and there's a the first edit on your youtube channels from 2007 and it's you just yeah, just re- just shredding around the park. It's awesome. Get bodied on one one box. It's it's funny, and you got like a lot of views on YouTube. You have like a fifteen thousand subscribers on that YouTube channel. Yeah, I haven't uh, posted on it mainly because I I, I want to if I'm gonna post on it again, which I plan to. I want it to be something good and something fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I didn't want to just throw some like I don't know bullshit two minute skate edit yeah did in the life skate edit on there yeah that makes sense i'm not gonna do that yeah um and i only skied i skied once this past winter uh just because i've been studying my ass off trying to get this pilot's license and such but uh Mm -hmm. and being in michigan i don't have this huge motivation to pay what 800 bucks for a pass at a small hill yeah which makes sense anyways right um back back to it you're a young kid growing up and you get into it you have the right time internet's coming up mom's filming everything and uh up on youtube she's editing too <laughs> filming editing getting I, it. I'd, I'd pick a song and sit there with her and pick out clips and stuff and yeah that's so sick it was great yeah that's awesome yeah so and then she would uh help me write uh, i'd write emails to uh certain companies that i really liked like mm-hmm. i'm sure uh Every the way kid things started with Oakley back then, I think, was uh, through an email that my mom probably helped me write, you know. Yeah. Um, and like I said, being there for that specific time when YouTube's sort of popping off and Instagram's coming out or mm-hmm. Facebook's, I think I remember Facebook coming out, but um, it, was, it was sort of good timing for companies sort of just starting to see, okay, social media is going to be big. Um, and the sport was big at that point. Starting to have a following. Yeah. Um, so that helped me for sending in my videos and 
And you like you had a good you had a good base and like like I said the sport was getting was wasn't getting big it was big at that point like action sports were back like at that time were they were bigger than they are now like as much as he's like right. don't like to say it, like purses for X Games were like fifty k and like they're not mm-hmm. that they're not that now and that was like mm-hmm. ten years ago right so it, it's it's different story and. Dude, like you've done a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of cool shit in that in like those years skiing as a youngster. And like, did your mom act kind of like as an agent for you? Did she kind of just like face and figure all that stuff out? I don't know. I feel like, yeah. I I mean, her and I kind of she sort of pointed me in the right direction. Yeah. Um, with with certain things, and uh, I just sort of worked through them. And man, I'm just. So grateful for the experiences that I've, that I've been able to experience through skiing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even talk about it much with my peers around here. Yeah, just because I I hate hearing people brag. And yeah, I never want to be the person boasting. Yeah, ever for sure. And I don't want to be, you know, talking to my friend who's left the state once or twice, talking about this time I was in France doing this you know what i mean because i don't want to sound like an asshole and maybe i don't but in my mind it feels like bragging so i don't even talk about it as much you know yeah. what i mean and uh, dude i totally i totally get that i mean I, I think like you're for the most part you're not you it wouldn't come off as bragging but like i do get it and it and honestly sometimes those people are the worst so it's cool that you have that kind of uh mentality towards it but like man like that like one one of the things because I like did a like obviously like I actually watched a lot of the videos you made like as a when I was like sixteen stuff watching people like ski and stuff and like big into it and I watched a lot of the stuff and like like you got to ski the skiing the X Games pipe for running for X Games in two thousand thirteen that's like super dope mm-hmm. that's something that somebody doesn't get to experience a lot do you have anything to say about like that experience because that, that's that's a pretty cool experience it doesn't come around to a lot of people like I said earlier with skiing being surreal. That was like, that was surreal on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> that was the craziest feeling. Yeah. Probably ever, standing up top of that pipe, especially when it was dark. You know what I mean? Because in the daytime, it still felt like, damn, my X Games right now. Yeah. Even if I'm full running, still I'm here right now. It's yeah. Nuts, but when the lights are on at night, it was just. A different story. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so, so sick. It didn't feel real. No. Same thing like being up in a plane watching the sun go down. It doesn't feel real. <laughs> no, dude. Planes are... they got to be one of the coolest things. Have you ever been base jumping or skydiving? That is on the bucket list. It is. Gotta go skydiving this summer. Nice, 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 Gold. nice. Yeah, that's definitely on my list. i got to get my skydiving license. I want to do ski base jumping at one point. Maybe once or twice just to say I did it and then never again. Get the clips and Sounds dip. Sick. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's super super dope, and um, yeah, dude. So like, again, like things like four running Xiums pipe. Like you went to Audi Nine Nights. I was watching that video, dude. There, there's a there's a video of a, you doing a backflip there. Like, it, I I don't want to say how big it is, but it looks like a minimum sixty. Clip. Dude, there's a helicopter in the background. You're doing a huge backflip over this massive like castle at Audi Nines. Like, that's my. Shout out the person who took that. I'm blanking on their name currently. Shout out to you because that's my favorite clip I have of me doing anything on this earth. Dude. <laughs> and that, that moment, oh, I, I remember actually, I had done a few more earlier that day and my shins were toast. Like I'm pretty sure, let me see, I think the tissue is still messed up. Yep, I can still feel little bumps in my shin. <laughs> yeah. I was just banging my shins against these boots, like, all week. And the helicopter was out, and my shins were so bad, but I was like, dude, I gotta do it for the shot. Yeah. And I landed that thing, and I screamed. <laughs> it hurt so bad. <laughs> it's so sick, dude. Like, I-, I watched that, and I'm like, man, this is, like, what, like, skiing was, like, back in the day with, like, Shit like that. It's it's so dope. Just I love like, watching. Uh, what was that old edit? Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what. That's the kind yeah. of vibe it gave me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, I saw that. There's a picture of you and Simon team. together. 
Dude, I love that photo. That also came up in my memories. I had to post that on Instagram. Yeah. That was great. But, yeah, between skiing and flying, it's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm realizing skiing is always going to be there for me to have fun with. Mm-hmm. And if I can sort of pursue flying, I, I feel like I'll be able to really intertwine the two in my future to where, you know, I can go fly to, you know, Jackson for the weekend and ski or some shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just growing up, being able to get those experiences of traveling really sort of set it in my mind where I get stagnant in one place really quick. Like, even in here in Michigan right now, stagnant, you know? I want some mountains, I want yeah. some new views, need some new stuff, you know, of course. Yeah, um, and it's hard with times like these, but right now to do that, but yeah, it's coming. Yeah, and it's getting better with, with summer, you know, we can go a couple more places, but Corona, winter, everything shut down, that was, that was a drag. I think we all <laughs> can relate to that. Oh yeah, for sure. I think everybody's on the same page there. Dude, I was watching some interviews that you had on your YouTube channel, and because uh, like you're doing interviews back in the day as a young kid, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's got to be a lot. But there's one, there's one interview. It's like I think it's Cron Four Sports, and the guy just goes, "Do you like watching yourself ski? Does it turn you on? <laughs> like just like fully asking eleven year old kid if he gets turned on, <laughs> like and then like yeah, after I'm after I'm asking, right it's so it's funny. It's on there. I'll send you a link." Or I'll put it in the in the video. It's it's hilarious, and you're just like, um, I don't not like it, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's at the same time. It's like fuck. <laughs> this kid, there's like 40, 50 year old guys just asking eleven year old if he gets turned on, right. and then he goes by your skiing and like by watching yourself ski. Like, uh, oh, it's funny. He's like trying to be like part of the culture, but way 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 outside of it. It was it was good. I did I did deal with that. Uh, yeah, you did a lot of interviews and stuff, man. Like back in the day, especially when you're because you were you had a part in Warren Miller's Flow State mm-hmm. movie. And yeah, like, that was probably I would say my peak. Maybe I don't know. Um, that was a crazy experience being able to go to like the premieres. Yeah. And sign posters like that's what I grew up going to do. You know, I'd go to a premiere and get a poster signed and put go put it up on my wall. You know what I mean? That's super and awesome. So being able to like, even going up on stage and stuff, like, it sort of happened gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, like it wasn't like, I don't think it was one day I had never been on a stage before and then yeah. another day I was. But yes. I think through like, really simple, easy interviews up to, yeah, I don't know, maybe harder interviews to doing one for, uh, TV or something, you know? Yeah. They all, at the end, sort of felt the same. Yeah, I know. I, I totally get it. And, like, a lot of the time they ask the same questions. My camera's fucked. It just turns off, like, after 30 minutes, so I gotta go turn it back on. Um, but, yeah. No, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting style. And, like, I wish, like, as a kid, I had more opportunities to do things like that. Like, I mean, I wasn't into skiing, like, um, super heavily until I was like about 15, 16 and I started getting to park but like I never once went to like a premiere or anything like that and I, I, I'm i pretty bummed I missed out on that as a little youngster I think I would I would have liked that a lot you and, definitely would have man yeah. it was I can I can feel some of the memories popping up right now yeah and like that's Running something that's with little homies with T-shirts coming almost down to our ankles that we just caught in the crowd. Dude, like we're going to rail jams and stuff, and like, man, that was my. Those are my. That's the most fun I have skiing. I think is is like skiing with friends, uh, and competing in events like rail jams or like um, that kind of style of event. Because rail jams were super fun. There's just no pressure. You're just there. Everybody's exactly. there throwing down as hard as you want. And just, yep. like, everybody's hyping each other up to try something gnarly and new. And, like, it's not as serious, but, like, you're still there to compete. And, like, most of the time you're just there to, like, just do the best you can. And I, like, I, I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Um, and then, like, obviously they throw out all the stuff this year. I had, like, a 
put on in a little tiny rail jam at my home hill this year and I had a bunch of stuff to give out. Oh my god, I forgot how crazy kids were over free stuff, man. <laughs> like hectic. Stickers, sweaters, like just t shirts. Yep, any of it. Insane. Free swag. Yeah, they they want that loot. Um alright dude, sure. so is there anything else you want to touch on or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, about, man. about I mean I think uh We covered a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a base I haven't covered. I mean, I'm hoping to do some more skiing soon, uh, really next winter. Um, it's, it's just sort of hard to see what's in the future right now. I'm a couple months away from hopefully getting this license, at least yeah. a couple months away from taking this check ride. And mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, you know, trying to make the best of every every minute and skiing and skating and flying and driving and yeah, oh, uh, we didn't even get into driving, dude. We didn't even get into driving. You're big into that now? Right. Yeah, dude. I, uh... You have a sick car. As soon as I... Thank you. As soon as I turned 16, I was like... I mean, my first car was slow as. Well, I guess my Miata still is slow as. But <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a great time with friends, too. Just as it's fun skiing with friends on the hill. Yeah. It's fun having to stay up till 2 a.m., redoing the timing on the motor with your two friends for the first time trying to figure it out yeah it's just a difference you're done and you take a stand back and you put the hood down you start it up and it runs fine it's not this fine it feels pretty damn good just like it feels good to shred some powder or land a kickflip or so on and so forth yeah dude i totally get it it's like the same kind of style uh it's the same thing like Every every little sport or every little thing has their own ticks that kind of like work together, and it's it's cool to see. Like, it's hard to explain it. Yeah, it it's is. And, and it, unless you're not a car person, know. yeah. Unless you're not a car person, like it's hard to explain. But you get you get that you get it. And like for me, right. I I can appreciate nice things. Um, but then again, I'm not a guy that needs like a nice like cars. I I like driving dirt. I like dirt biking. I like ATVing. I like. I, I like driving very recklessly, but I'd love to get a bike this summer, man. That's that was on my list of things to do too. We built a track at one of my friends' house last year, just so we had one close to home, which was super sick. But I haven't dirt biked in a while because I just haven't been able to afford a bike, which is the sad truth of skiing. It's like skiing or a dirt bike. Go to go to a contest or spend two k on a contest or buy a dirt bike. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Right, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> But um. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's all certain forms of expression. I yeah. mean, with skiing, skiing park, it's like for me a big thing. Between, I mean, with anything, style is really important to me to try to make something look good because I always felt that I'd rather see someone do the steeziest cork five I've ever seen than huck like a pencil ten. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think the sport is I mean, it's hard to say that it's coming more back to that because of what's going on, but I think it is a little bit because like you see events like this now where like like even that these events like that I'm like the Norams and stuff and you see these kids that are doing triple corks that people don't know. It's insane, but if they do a triple cork with a boot safety, they're not getting scored near as well as like a nice dub twelve, right. nice dub twelve with a nice grab, which is good. Which is good to see, and it is starting to turn that way. Like even with the introduction of like spines and things in X Games and stuff like that, it, it's toning down the DD to the point where not every person is doing like three sixteens or like two back to back triples as often, right. which is which is good. But I'm not worried at all for the ski community. I think it's gonna. I think it'll figure it out. In any way it can. Yeah, and you see you see more skate culture getting into it too, kinda like with like the Vishnu guys and stuff like that and some of those edits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like coming up in the sport are becoming so called swerve skiers, which like you can just see like a di- it's a different style of it that doesn't involve it involves a lot more creativity. And I found like this year like I think this Sometimes year I throw a little little pinch of swerve. Yeah, tricks, not you know? not I mean, a just, just a little pinch. I, I'm not a huge swerve skier guy, but like mm-hmm. I've watched some of the stuff that they that they do. Like some, I've watched some of the stuff that some people do, like on skis. I'm like, I would have never thought of even trying that. Like, right. 
but like I again like I grew up I got into ski, comps or park skiing and then like I got into comps and then I was on a team right and it's like okay can you do always swap two outs can you do a two p two can you do like see I didn't have that growing up yeah. I uh I had a coach for one year of my skiing mm-hmm. and that was you know ski creative yeah yeah, on yeah. Instagram yeah Dan Meese skier Dan yeah the man skier Dan of course um he was my coach for a year. And him and I pretty much just, like, my first homework assignment, go watch Line Traveling Circus. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was a influential role in mm. sort of the expression of my skiing going, you can do that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that's just, like, a little off-kilter that you don't see as often, like, stuff I can't do now if I tried to do a broken grind right now my knee would probably bash me for it I tried that the other day fuck when I was like like a little kid man you can all that stuff just happens nowadays it's like no chance I remember I'm just thinking about this now I haven't thought about this in years but I used to be doing Indian sits on boxes where I'd go scream and scene and roll up to a box and then crisscross applesauce like that ah no 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 don't know how I did it. No, <laughs> I don't like that. That's that, that's gnarly. I, yeah. Did you see, uh, was it Vincent Gagne? I think he just did like a, he was doing like some 360s in the Screaming Seaman time. Some crazy things, yeah. I'm a that big, nuts. yeah, I'm I a big Screaming like Seaman guy, but I don't land in Screaming Seaman. That scares me. Sus. Yeah. But like, dude. Like, how do you 360 into Screaming? You're going to tear your shit. He's crazy. Like, he lands, and then, like, with that rotation landing, too, like, uh, not a big jump, but, like, if you did on a big jump, get fucked. But, uh, like, even on that small one, I feel like if you over-rotated, like, two degrees... You could... Yeah, you definitely wouldn't be fun. Uh, don't ask me that, but that, that's the type of things that I don't think of, like, and that's why I, like, I found, like, um, not, not necessarily this year, like, I have a lot of fun skiing... But, like, there's points in this season where, like, I show up and, like, I'm at... We have this place called Maximize in Quebec, which is, like... Uh, yeah. eight, it's, like, eight hours from my house, and I go ski there, like, just to get... You know, uh, you know Max, then? Yeah. He used to be the team manager of O'Neill when I first got on O'Neill. Oh, okay, in, uh, sick. Whistler, actually. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, I know him, like, pretty pretty well. And, like, I, sp- yeah. I, like, I spend, like, a lot of time there, especially this year with, like all the hills in Ontario closing down, like, that was the closest place to go, and they have a big jump where you can, like, potentially do triples and, like, dub 14s and stuff, and, like, I go there, and, like, I have a lot of fun learning new tricks and doing big tricks, but, like, it it gets to a point where it's, like, just me, like, dub 12 mute, dub 12 mute, dub 12 mute, and then I'm, like, I'm just kind of, like, going through the motions of doing it just to put more miles on something, and it's, like... Mm -hmm. Ah, uh, it's not it's not the same fun as if I just put in my put in my headphones. I have a park in front of me with like two to three jumps, and I can just do whatever I want. Like, I I don't have to do a big trick. I can do a big trick. Maybe I'll do a cork yep. three, and then maybe the next jump I'll do a dub twelve. Maybe I'll just do cork three to cork three. Who knows? But like, yep. I'm just like dropping in with like no plan. I'm just like this is what I'm. This is the just what's here, and I'm just gonna just shred it for what and see what I want to do. Between that feeling. And, uh, I mean, really, just that, that, that really, I, I relate to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, between that and not having a coach, I didn't really grow up thinking, oh, I should be doing these to the left, huh? <laughs> that, <laughs> Is that, that something really that came into play? I was like, that hit me when I was like 14. Yeah. And I started hanging out with Devin and Kiernan before uh, they blew up super huge. Yeah, they've been on it for a while, eh? Yeah, but this was, I think, I think they had, yeah, they still had a house in Maine uh, at this time when I was 14. This was out in Breckenridge, and I think they were just moving out to Breck at the time. Yeah. And I remember going to ski with them, and I realized, like, shit, they're they're doing so much stuff on natural. I'm like, damn, I wish I could throw these tricks on natural, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just, I guess I didn't really think about it growing up because I didn't, stop myself to do Doug 12 mute again in your words you know what I mean I sort of just did the no plan plan have fun yeah and 
maybe you know it's for better or worse. But and, well, I think that's I what. Rep. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's part of the thing that happened. Like for me, like being more mature skier. Like I, like I said, I got into park skiing when I was like sixteen. Like I, I learned my first backflip at like sixteen, and like got into it that way. And being that mature, like, I had coaches that would be, like, and having coaches, like, from, like, the second or third year I skied park, I had people that said, you should try this the other way. And then I realized, like, being mature, too, like, I was in, like, grade 11, grade, I think it was in grade 12 when I first started competing in in little comps and stuff. I was like, okay, like, if I want to do good, I have to have both ways. So, like, that was something I kind of noticed and I was old enough to realize that was important for, like, in terms of competing-wise. So I kind of started that from a very young age. Like, I made sure, like, if I could do one trick, I could do it the other way. Obviously, like, I still have, like, a natural and unnatural side, but... It's I do it now with my skating, to be honest. Maybe because I'm a little regretful of not doing it with my skiing growing up as a as a young kid. But yeah. now I'm like, dude, I got I got front ones down so good, but my back one game is garbage. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I started doing that with skating too, like and skating, wakeboarding. Like I used to BMX. Like I was at the point like where like every sport I pick up, like if I can do it one way, I I want to learn it the other way. But then, right. like, the problem is I don't progress very fast. Like, it doesn't – I'm not progressing – well, like, I am progressing fast, but I'm not. Basis. Yeah, because I'm, I'm building a base of, like, I can do everything always, but I can only do, like, the little things always. Which And then I, can't, I haven't gotten right. to, like, the bigger stuff, which is, like, But then once you have those dialed in, yeah. it, it opens up so many more opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Dude, well, we've, we've crushed like 50 minutes here, so we're going to wrap this podcast up. But I got one question I've been asking everybody uh, at the end of the podcast. I don't know how you're going to answer it. It's nothing serious, but where do you see yourself in five years? It's a hard one. It's something that a lot of people don't think about, something I don't usually think about. But just a little tit for tat, like five years from now, where does that? Where, what's Aspen Spore doing ideally? Well, Let's hopefully make it happen. he's, uh, I'd say he's, Working hard, flying, getting uh, getting shit done and having fun skiing in the process and mm-hmm. skating and driving and pretty, I have I've been having fun doing this stuff for as, you know as long as I can remember. Yeah. So I don't see any reason in changing it. I'll still continue to ski and skate. And do you want to fly commercially? That. Like like do you want to uh, do that as a job or you just want to fly for fun? That's the thing. Uh, so I am looking at it as a uh, as a career option. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily if I want to be shipping cargo or people or, you know, private. Dude, I think just yeah. driving private in, like, bush planes and little operations are the best. Because, like, when you get to, like, big commercial planes, it's like to being glorified taxi driver. Cargo, I don't know anything about like that, but it kind of sucks. There's so many different avenues that you can go down. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's even ways that I can incorporate all of my passions dude you could become like you could be like that. somebody who just ski like flies people into like skiing like in right. Alaska and shit dude like tons of options here's my idea that's coming to me right now private uh private flight I'll fly you to wherever you want to ski I'll teach your kids how to ski teach your family how to ski there you go <laughs> perfect I'll, I'll even arrange the lodging yeah you oh, get a nice perfect. car ride out on the way down a little e-brake drift right. Yep, I arranged a nice car. Perfect. It was great. That's perfect. Help me figure out some stuff too. Do you want to play? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to have your own plane? Like eventually? Yeah, dude. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'm trying to take as many people up too. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm gonna. That's I all. I, I one of my close friends. Um, he also is getting his pilot's license soon, and he's got the same kind of like idea. Just to like, hey, like I have my pilot's license. I can, I, I can just fuck off to nelson for the weekend or go like go fly to like go ski for the power for the weekend or whatever and like totally. it's pretty sweet who so. is that you were saying patrick Lindsay. he's like uh, a close friend of mine he um i misheard you i thought you said someone else no he he grew up skiing with me and stuff and he was a really really good park skier he was better than better than me at the time but he took one jump in in uh, australia like it's like a 60 foot jump took it like simon dumont style to flat <laughs> And both his ankles, both his ACLs, he's had three ACL surgeries oh now. God. So he had to, like, he's at the point, yeah, he's at the point where he, like, if he tears his ACL again, he's not going to be able to, like, 
do any kind of sports or anything. So it's just like he just stopped skiing, so he can like. See, that's that's yeah. why I backed out of the whole. Uh... Yeah. Like he's still good to do things now, but like like if he if he he can't ski at the level that he would need to to be competitive without, like, the possibility of not being able to, like, do things like play soccer or run around again, like, if he tears right. his ACL or does something like that again. So it's, like, well, the, the risk, risk reward. Versus reward for skiing as far as, like, the money reward, not talking about, like, it's insane, dude. enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the level you have to be at, and, you know, there are people that are insane doing both-way trips, and they still can't make any money off of it. No, dude, I, and I was... Which is nuts, because their level is, like, it's insane. It, It's insane. And the thing, like, I was talking about this with somebody else, and I, I understand why it's like this. Like, I understand why, hey, like, soccer players get paid more because there's a way bigger fan base for it and way bigger demand for the sport. I understand that. But, dude, the like, the risk versus reward in soccer is, like, or, or like, let's not say just soccer. Let's say another sport, like, something like soccer hockey and like football obviously have a little more impact and stuff like that but like the risk versus reward in these sports are like and soccer or cross country running or track or something like that like mm-hmm. it's so low like right. cro- cro- like well, the, the the worst the thing that, the worst thing that happens in soccer is you get really really tired or you have to go to the gym a lot and work really hard that's fine like i don't mind working hard i don't mind going to the gym i don't mind playing hard when i'm out in the field or like when i'm skiing but the difference is if you mess up in they soccer, they might score a goal, and then you play again way. next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in skiing, yeah, like you mess thing. up, you land in your head, and you're like, you could be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it. The and difference is insane. I think the reason why the I don't want to say like the ski community is cursed in a way, but the reason why I think it's not so huge and having so much money into into it is because it's it's so easy for me to go to. Walmart real quick and spend ten bucks on a soccer ball. Yeah, it and makes sense. I can sense. play with that soccer ball for a hundred hours or whatever. But for kids that aren't into skiing, you know, it's it's mad expensive between outerwear, goggles, helmet, skis, boots, ticket, pass. You know, and then you know for your brother and then your mom and dad or you know the whole family. Yeah, it's hard for people to get into. And especially if you want to compete at a high level, this like oh yeah, like if you just want to ski for fun, it's not too expensive. Like you buy a a pass to your local hill, you can make it happen. You can make it happen. But if you want to compete at a high level, boots for ten years. Yeah, exactly. If you want to compete at a high level, though, like that's when you're looking at like insane amounts of money being spent. And also, like that's that's why skiing isn't as big as some of these other sports. Even like skating or something, it's not as big because it's not as accessible as skating. Like any kid in any city that doesn't have snow for the entire year round can buy a skateboard for a hundred bucks and go skate. And right, like, almost all right these places are parks. I can't go ski right now. No, but you can just go skate. I can go skate right yeah. now. Yeah, and I that's could, part of the I reason. I drive my car and go skate right now, but I can't. Yeah. Go ski right now, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's, it's I'll crazy. Get the same enjoyment and the same surrealness from mm-hmm. bombing down a hill in the wind with the sunset. Yeah, exactly. And it's with the friends there, you know what I mean? It's like shredding with friends on skis, yeah. shredding with friends on board. Dude, you meet fun. you meet new people everywhere you go, and if you ever do get a plane, I'm definitely gonna want a flight somewhere to one of my comps. I want to roll up in style. That's Let's that's the goal it. in the future. We ever get to the X Games point? I want I want a personal flight to my to my fucking room. We'll just do a drop off. We're we'll wear like some badass fedoras or some shit, and then roll up and stuff. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's been awesome talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Too, I appreciate it. Was good it. meeting you as well. Hope to keep in touch. For yeah, real. dude, we will for sure. And like, it's it's interesting because like when you hop on a podcast with somebody you don't know, like you, it's like. You n- you never know what you never know what to expect. So, but it's nice. To, it's nice to meet new people. And it's nice to talk to you, dude. You're a really, really, really chill, dude. And uh, yeah, it, I hope you we too. we can stay in touch. And if I'm ever in Utah skiing um, or Michigan, like I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, we'll stay Absolutely. in touch. And hopefully next season we can go shred some laps, man. Sounds good, dude. Hope to see you then. Take it easy, my man. All right, you little shrimp biscuits. That was this episode of the podcast. But that's some spore. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. It was a lot of fun chatting with the lad. Super sick dude. And uh, shout out to him. He's a real OG. Can't believe I said real OG on the podcast. Excellent. Anyways, um, 
yeah, with all that in mind, guys, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, big giveaway coming, guys, end of May. Every submission you do counts up until then. You can literally put in uh, a review every single day if you want, but all you have to do to enter, the more the more reviews you put in, the better, just saying that, because like I'm going to pick randomly, so the better chance you'll come up. But um, yeah, all you have to do is write a review on Apple uh, Podcasts, on my podcast, on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify as well, and if you guys are listening to it on um, YouTube, just subscribe to the YouTube channel, banged up with Bruce Oldham. And, uh, yeah, you guys will be entered into the pool of whatever random stuff I'm giving away. And by random stuff, guys, I have a good idea of what it's going to be, but I just haven't got everything lined up yet. You're at least getting, at least, at least getting a couple sweaters, couple hats, couple toques, uh, pair of skis. And, uh, yeah, so some big stuff coming. So keep your eyes out for that.